0: Welcome to the Doomsday Bunker Podcast, your weekly program. We'll be discussing topics such as conspiracy theories, movie theories, and disaster situations. So make sure you're secure in your bunker, and let's start the show. Welcome to the Doomsday Bunker Podcast. My name is Joseph and I am the host of this podcast. Each and every week we discuss topics such as conspiracy theories, movie theories, and disaster situations. And this week's episode is going to be about Greenland, the movie. But if you're liking the podcast so far, please give it a like and follow on whatever platform you're listening to this on and tell your friends and family so we can grow the podcast. But without further ado, let's start the episode. Like I said at the beginning, this episode is going to be about the movie Greenland. Now, we'll go through it, we'll talk about the plot, we'll talk about the disaster that is happening throughout the movie, and then just kind of how we could survive, how could we move on, what could we do during the situation. We'll talk about all that during the episode, but we'll start with the opening. So the movie starts off with you meeting the main character, who is John Grady, played by Gerard Butler. Now, I may have said his name wrong, but... That is the main character that it starts off with. You see him at his workstation, constructing a building. He goes home, and when he gets home, he sees his wife, Alison Grady, who is played by Marina Baccarin. And it starts off kind of slow. They're starting to get ready for a party that they're going to have all of her friends over. She asks him to go to the store, and once he's at the store with their kid, his phone starts going off, and when he looks at it, It's a presidential alert saying that they have been selected by the government to be relocated because the disaster is about to happen. When they walk outside the store, that's when you see the asteroid is starting to come closer to Earth. Now, we've had a lot of asteroids come into the atmosphere, but they usually end up burning up and they never actually make it to the ground. And if they do, they're very small and they don't leave much of an impact. But within this movie... This is one that they've talked about on the news that said was coming in closer and is expected to burn up in the atmosphere, but as we find out, as we keep going, it does not burn up in the atmosphere, but they make it home in a rush because of the presidential alert that he got on his phone. He starts to talk to his wife and starts to tell her kind of what's been going on, but as soon as he does that, there's a big alert on the screen that says both of their names and the kids' name. That they need to be packing up their stuff. They're only able to bring a little bit of stuff, pack it up, and get to the gates where the government is waiting to put them on a plane and get them relocated. Nobody else can come with them. If they try to bring anybody else, they will be denied. And this is where really the panic starts to set in because people start to realize that, hey, maybe this asteroid isn't as safe or isn't going to burn up like they say it's going to, and they start to panic because they don't see their names on their TV. They're not getting no alerts on their phone. And so now they're really starting to panic and figure out, okay, what can we do or can we send our children with these people? And so everybody rushes home, and then once everybody leaves, they start packing their stuff because they need to get going. And one of the neighbors tries to get the family to take their daughter to go to the government base with them to try and keep her safe even though they don't because they can't take anybody. It's a big emotional scene, and this is just one thing that I want to commend the movie on. A lot of disaster movies, when the disaster is happening, you usually see people just standing there watching it happen or trying to figure out what it is and not really panic, not really trying to escape, not really trying to move anywhere to get to safety, whereas this one... It seems like there's a sense of urgency people are really panicked trying to get their kid or trying to get their stuff and get in their car and get out of town and try and get as far away as possible so i just wanted to give a quick little shout out to that because like i said this movie it's got that sense of urgency that people are trying to get somewhere and that's what i really like in a disaster movie because it makes it feel more real because like i said with 2012 if a tidal wave is coming No one's just going to stand there and watch it. They're going to start running. They're going to start trying to figure out how to climb up something and get out of the way. And this movie does a really good example of that. I apologize. One other thing I forgot to mention was before the presidential message came up on the TV saying that they needed to pack their things and get out so that they can be put on a plane, a piece of the asteroid did hit the Earth because they watched the footage of the asteroid coming down, and then when he stepped outside, because he started to hear a rumbling, when the asteroid hit, it sent a shockwave over quite a few miles, and the dad that was standing outside trying to figure out what's going on, the shockwave hit him, and he fell over, and so that was their first inkling of the fact that this asteroid isn't going to burn up in the atmosphere, and we need to get out of here. And then, like I said, the Grady family leaves their house as they're leaving. The neighbors are coming up. They're trying to get them to take them with them and or at least take their daughter. It's very emotional. They can't. They end up driving off. And this is another realistic thing that I liked about the movie is they got so far and then all of a sudden the highways and stuff started to become backed up where people were just leaving their cars and trying to get to the military base, which It looked like it was maybe a couple miles where they could just run there. So they also left their car. But an important piece about this problem is that the son has type 1 diabetes. And so he has to have certain medication and insulin in his bag for when they leave. Well, When they leave, he opens up his bag to grab his blanket out of there to feel secure. And he ends up knocking out. All of his medication, and they don't realize that it has fallen onto the floor, and they end up getting to the military base. And when they get to the military base, the kid isn't starting to look so good, so they go in to get him some of his medicine, and suddenly it's not there. And this is where another part of the disaster happens. The dad goes back to get the medicine. The people are denied because he has a medical condition, so they can't get on the plane, so they're turned away. And when the dad comes back, they miss the the other two somehow and so the family is now separated and they're trying to get back together and that's what most of this movie is going to be about going forward so not only are they trying to figure out how to save their own lives because this asteroid is coming to pretty much destroy the earth but also trying to get back to his family now that he's lost them. and now here's another realistic thing that comes in with the movie the mom and the kid try to go to the nearest supermarket to try and see if they still have insulin in their pharmacy to help the kid start to feel better. And as they're going in there, it's looted, things are destroyed, people are in there searching for stuff, trying to get what they can, and then a bunch more looters with guns and knives come in and just start killing anybody they see, grabbing everything that they can. Luckily, the mother and the son was saved by one of the looters. He let them go. But this is a realistic thing that I always wonder why they don't show in disaster movies more often. Like, yeah, you might see a broken window or someone walking away with a big appliance or whatever. But the main thing is I really would like disaster movies to show that people pillage because who's going to stop them? At this point, either the world's going to end or the government and the police are too busy doing other things. And as I said, we're going to go through this movie and kind of figure out what we would do if this was an actual situation happening and kind of what the earth would look like during this whole epidemic that's happening. And I think this is one of the things that would happen. Again, people pillage, people are trying to find food because if they can get to a safe spot, they have food, they have water, they have medicine. They're just taking everything they can. And probably some people are either going to get into a fight or get killed because now we're in a time of not any order but lawlessness where they're just going in trying to get what they can save their family and really kill anybody in between them and their goal of what they're trying to do. And I feel like this is a very realistic thing because even if there was a blackout in a city, say for 30 to 45 hours, don't you think that there would be some pillaging? There would be some, Oh, I can break into the supermarket and steal this TV or, Oh, I can get this for my house. No one's going to see me. No one's really going to be able to stop me if we're all doing it, and so riots break out, people die. I feel like this is where most people would die in a disaster situation like this. Before the disaster even happens, we would turn on each other because we're just trying to get food and water. But as we continue on throughout the movie, you see that the kid doesn't get any medicine from that pharmacy. They just ran and left, and they started walking on the side of the road trying to flank down any car they could... Because now they're trying to get to Tennessee to get to her dad's. And this is another thing that I didn't really care for in the movie. Because if you're looking at this realistically. Again I know that this is a cinematic thing. You're not necessarily thinking about realistic. You're just thinking about what's entertaining. But they fight down this car of two people. A couple. That agreed to take them to Knoxville. When they're trying to get to Lexington where her dad lives. And as they're going you kind of get the feeling that this guy that's driving the car that's part of this couple is really... uh, He keeps looking at the kid. He keeps looking back and forth between the kid and the mom. He just really gives off a strange vibe. But it turns out, eventually, he realizes that they're wearing bracelets. He takes the mom's bracelet and pushes her out of the car and takes the son to Knoxville because they're trying to get on another military plane to try and get put in the bunkers that the government has in place and now all three of the family members the son the mom and the dad are all broken up and they're all trying to find each other we switch back to the dad after he finds out that his family isn't on the plane anymore he comes back to the card hoping that they're waiting there for him and they're not but there's a note that says come to my dad's that's where we'll be in Lexington." And so he goes and tries to find a way to get there because their car is blocked in by other cars. And obviously, he can't really find a car that either works or that isn't blocked in to try and get to Lexington. He eventually finds this truck that's hauling a bunch of people to a different airport in Tennessee that has their own separate planes that they know how to fly and that they're going to fly these people to Greenland and hopefully get them in the bunker and keep everybody safe. And as he's doing this, a couple of people on the truck find out that he's wearing a bracelet and want his bracelet because they don't feel like he's special enough. Starts a big fight in the truck. The truck ends up flipping around and flipping over and everybody falls out. And it turns out one of the people that the dad has befriended in the truck ends up dying. And then the two people that still want his bracelet start coming at him. So he starts swinging a hammer and eventually kills one of the guys And that's another thing that I want to talk about realistically that no one really thinks of. If they have to kill someone, you're never ready to do that. Nobody is ever actually, unless you're a serial killer, ready to kill anybody. And so you see on his face the shock and horror that he just killed somebody with a hammer, and everybody's looking around him very strangely because he just killed someone with a hammer. Now in a disaster situation... I can't be 100% certain, obviously, because a disaster hasn't happened in my lifetime globally. But as I was saying before with the pillaging, you really come to a morale test, really. Because if someone is trying to kill you or your family, and you're just trying to get some items and get out, do you still try and keep that part of humanity in you alive that you don't want to hurt anybody, you just want to get your stuff and go? Or does that instinct kick in of... Really, the only people that matter anymore are your family, and you're going to do what you have to do to get him to where they need to go. And unfortunately, at this point, that's what happened in the movie. He did what he had to do because they were trying to kill him to take his bracelet, and unfortunately now he looks a little shaken as he leaves the truck area because no one really wants to be around him or help him, and he's off on his own again. Eventually, he finds a car and makes it up to Lexington where the dad is, And we go back to the mom who just looks defeated. She's bleeding a little bit. And eventually a van picks her up and agrees to take her to the Knoxville airport where the guy said he was taking his son and his wife to get on a plane. We go to that scene where they're at the airport and the son tells the officers, the government officers, military officers, that he is not his dad. They end up taking him from him. The mom gets to this airbase, starts screaming at the officers to try and help her find her son eventually they do they end up getting the medicine from an officer for his diabetes and she gets put on another bus that will take her to lexington finally they get to lexington she's able to call her dad from a payphone, and he has a landline they pick him up the family is reunited but now they got to try and figure out how they're going to get to greenland where they heard people talking about that's where the bunker is and eventually they end up going to one of the airstrips that they were talking about, that they could fly their own plane. Or at least someone would be there that knew how to fly a plane that could take them to Greenland. And this is the part where, unfortunately, spoiler alert, it gets really sad again because the comet is coming closer and it's going to crash into the earth. It's already taken out most of Florida and it's slowly making its way inward to the rest of the United States. The grandpa says that they can use his truck And they try to get him to go with. He won't go. They end up leaving. And a comet comes right in the area where he lives. And it's presumed that he dies there. It's very sad. It's very heartfelt. But they're able to get in the truck and leave fast enough. As they're going, more pieces of the asteroid is coming down. Fires raining down. And this is another thing that I thought it would be interesting to talk about. Because, one... Obviously, again, it's cinematic, so nothing ever happens to them as they're driving through this. But realistically, what are our options to try and get out of pretty much what is fire falling from the ground attached to a rock that could kill you if it lands on you or lands close to you? We really don't have much option other than what they did and just start speeding off in one direction, and hopefully they can either outrun it or they can find a maybe a little bit more sturdier house, maybe brick or something like that, that could withstand the rocks falling. I doubt it. But as the movie continues, they end up speeding off in one direction. They finally get to the airstrip where the plane's about to take off. They just happen to flag it down. They get in the plane. The plane is overcrowded, which is one of the... Pilot's main concern because he's afraid that with all that weight, they're not going to be able to fly properly. They get off the ground, they end up starting to go to Greenland. And this is where the government comes in. And as I said in the last episode, I don't really feel like the government can do much for us, especially when a disaster happens. I know that's their job, but when it comes down to it, unless they have some kind of secret big boat or big bunker or spaceship that can take us to a different planet really the government is just like us trying to save their own lives trying to save their families but this movie really puts into perspective on what the government could do for them because they made a bunch of bunkers which actually hold up especially when if it's an asteroid coming down It may hit the top of the bunker, but you're low enough to where hopefully all that steel and reinforcement and stone and slab and all that will be able to stop the asteroid from coming through, and you'll be relatively safe. I mean, I don't know how you're going to get out if an asteroid did hit the entrance or exits, but you're underground, you're safe, they got food, they got water. As they're flying to Greenland, they're able to start to slow down and they try to start to land. The landing gear fails. So, obviously, the plane goes careening into a giant mountain. The pilots don't survive, but mostly everybody else does, and they're pretty okay. They end up seeing where the bunkers are, and they take off running to those bunkers as more of the comets and stuff are falling. Eventually, they're able to get in there, and at the end of the movie, you kind of see them walk out after the asteroids are done and everything's kind of settled down but most of the cities that earth is destroyed and now this is where we're going to get into the practicality of all of this starting from everything i told you that happened in the movie we're going to take it into real life and see kind of how we would fare if we try to get from point a to point b so if you were picked to be relocated by the government like they were at the beginning. If you have an important enough job where they feel like you need to be relocated, that would be pretty easy. That's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the regular people that don't get picked, that have to try to get from point A to the bunker in a short amount of time and try and save their families. I don't want to be pessimistic, but like I said in the zombie apocalypse episode and also the 2012 episode, I don't think it's very likely that most of us will be able to make it to the bunker or to even a safe place before either the asteroid hits and destroys our city or just ends up getting killed by something else. Because the asteroid at the beginning that hits part of Florida just wipes out that city. The city is on fire. There are waves that are sent for miles that they talk about that ends up breaking buildings and glasses and stuff like that. So to say... That we could at least get out of our town. That would be a start. But like I said, you got pillaging, you got people that want to try and either take your car or take what resources you have so they can get further. And then also, you got to figure out how to get from the United States to Greenland, which is quite a few countries away if you don't know how to fly a plane, if you don't know somebody that has to fly a plane, or if you can't get on a plane yourself. So if we're looking at how to live our lives and how to survive, the best option is probably to just figure out how to survive in your own area that you live in now. Forget about the government. Forget about the bunkers that they have there. You're on your own. You need to figure it out. So say you live in a secluded area. We'll start here. So at that point, you're going to have to try and figure out, okay, what can I use to store my family in so that as there's asteroids raining down, we have a chance to live. Now, I know there's there was a small market way back in like the 2015s of people figuring out how to build their own bunkers and figuring out what to put in there and such like that. So if you could find one of those in your area, I think you would be golden. But say that you don't, you can try and fortify a basement or at least maybe and underground, maybe under the stairs or something like that. But you found a place. Now, where are you going to get the food and water to stock it? You can go out, but you're going to run into trouble. Like I said, there's going to be riots, there's going to be pillaging, there's going to be people just not giving a crap about you, about your family. They're just going in, getting their stuff, and getting out. So, what you're going to need is an empty bag so that you can grab as much stuff as you need quickly and put it in the bag, have a gun or some kind of weapon to try and protect yourself. Cause like I said, people out there also are gonna have weapons to protect themselves. And you gotta have a list or at least a know what you're going for, because that'll be the quickest and easiest way to get through a place that may be your last place you get through if you don't hurry. Now you got food, you got water. As long as you or a family member doesn't have a medical condition, you're fine if you do. Going through a pharmacy, you're going to have to know the off-brand and the regular brand because, one, I can guarantee you the name brand stuff is probably gone. Even the off-brand probably gone. But if you have an idea of what the off-brand could be or what could be used as the same thing, much like aspirin, Tylenol, leave, they're all pain management. So they all kind of do the same thing. I know some people can't have one or the other, but that's kind of what you got to be looking for for medication. Because like I said, if it's a pharmacy, like maybe it's in a secluded area where you live, so you might be a little better off. But if you're going into the big city, you got to know what could be used instead of your regular medicine. Now that you got your food, water, medicine, anything you need, you're back in your area where it's fortified and safe. Now the biggest thing is you just got to wait. Because unlike 2012, an asteroid that hits, depending on where you live, can be very, very devastating, but also not earth-shattering. With 2012, everything was underwater that wasn't either destroyed or on fire already, whereas an asteroid, it will wipe out cities. But if you're in an area where it hasn't hit or it hit pretty far away, you could still probably live in that area and kind of carry on with your life the way it is. Not so much with technology, because throughout the movie you see that the phone towers are down, And many electronics can't be used because either electricity is out or, like I said, they rely on those transmitters, transformers, and the phone towers, and they're all down. So you might have to live in the dark for a while. And hopefully, eventually, they'll start sending people out to see what's salvageable, who is still alive, and what the damage is. And eventually, they'll find you, and things can start to go back to normal eventually But like I said, those towns that are destroyed, if you live in a big city, you might have less of a chance of surviving. But that was Greenland. That was the movie. That's the disaster. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please give it a like, give it a follow, maybe even give it a review. I really, really would appreciate it. And also, hopefully soon, we'll have that Facebook page up so you can tell me what you would want me to do an episode on in the future because I want to make sure that I stay engaged with you guys and I know what you guys want to hear. But like I said, share with your family, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed this episode, please come back next week. We'll have another episode up for you. But until then, stay safe and have a great day. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. If you like what you heard, come back next week for another episode as we post a new episode every Thursday. Every Thursday. Until then, stay safe, and we'll see you next time.